so once you've kind of decompressed or if you're starting from scratch, which is more like what I did mm -hmm, pretty mm -hmm. much just starting from the beginning, mm -hmm. it's important to have habits with your children that are going to make schooling successful. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest habits is obedience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know it's not like super popular on Instagram right now to be like, hey, children need to be obedient. Mm -hmm. But I can't imagine doing homeschool with four kids running around and not having that basic obedience. Families with Dash offers a balanced parenting approach from generations of tried and true methods combined with research and insights from today. I'm Amelia Murdoch, founder of Dash Into Learning, the popular education company and homeschool mom of four. And I'm Joan Landis, licensed clinical mental health counselor, mom of seven adult children, and grandmother of 16 and counting. And I happen to be Amelia's mom. So what are we going to talk about? We want you to get the benefit of our decades of clinical experience and real life in the family trenches. We offer unique and actionable insights about family life, marriage, and homeschooling. Join us on Families with Dash and become confident and happy parents. Hey, Hello. so we are happy to be here talking about one of my favorite subjects. Oh, yeah. Which is homeschooling. Yes. And we're going to be talking about homeschooling for the newbie. Yes. So if you're an experienced homeschooler, this might be a review, <laughs> but we've got a lot of new homeschoolers in, in the world now. Right. So we thought we would do a podcast just overall, what we wish we would have known when we started and um, the nice thing, stuff like that. The nice thing is that homeschooling is, is accepted as legitimate now. Yeah, it's much more mainstream. Yeah, when I did it in like 1985, it was like people thought you were the biggest freak. Such I mean, a weirdo. Right, and you just really had to know who you were in order to do it. And now people are like, oh, yeah, that's an option. So that's that's nice. And there's so many more resources now. Oh, so many more. Goodness. So it's so much. It's, I think it's a lot easier. I literally remember going to an elementary school uh, textbook dump. It was an abandoned shed somewhere. And having my kids paw through those old textbooks, spelling <laughs> books, the old ones. I'm like, yes, yes, we found something. Found the old Yes. So, so I that, have something for I my kids. Something. So yeah, things are better now. Yes, we have progressed, <laughs> which is awesome. So I think I wanted to talk about a little bit about why I homeschool. Yes. And why we homeschool. Right. And first off, this is my fifth year of homeschooling, mm. and my mom homeschooled her seven kids off and on. So off and I on. was homeschooled part of my education. Um, I have a sister who's homeschooled her five kids full time. Full time Just and graduated the yeah yep. just graduated the oldest mm -hmm. and she's off to college and mm -hmm. so that's kind of our homeschool family experience mm -hmm. but I want to talk about why we homeschool one of the big reasons that we homeschool in my family is to give us more freedom mm -hmm. we're able to have a lot more freedom flexibility yeah flexibility so it's mm -hmm. not like a fear-based oh I'm scared of what's going to happen at school I'm mm -hmm. sure my kids would do fine at school at mm -hmm. a traditional school mm -hmm. but as far as our family goes we really wanted that freedom and we also really wanted to create that attachment mm -hmm. like I want my kids to be really close with each other and I want my kids to be really close with me and I just couldn't see how that would work with them gone for six to eight hours a day during their most impressionable years and their best energy time of the day right you know by the time they get home you know I preschooled I mean my oldest did preschool at a public school 
And she would come home at three o'clock and just be like a huge mess. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I never got any good time with her. It felt like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that to me was like a big trigger. I was like, I want to be spending the best time with my kids. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I don't want to be left with the leftovers, basically. Right. (laughs) Their emotional state. So that's the main reason. And also, you know, some other reasons are I want to pass on my values Mm -hmm. to my kids and traditional school it's really hard to control that and it's basically impossible and so that's another big Mm -hmm. reason all right everybody has their reasons and it's whatever reasons there are just know that homeschooling is a legit it's a legitimate alternative you don't have to feel ashamed now the the research is really kind of beautiful about the academic accomplishments of homeschoolers the social acumen of homeschoolers and you know just the mental health of homeschoolers it's good stuff so yeah totally and I I have some research here that I mean it's pretty easy to find this research but just the rate of kids doing better even just on standardized tests it's Mm -hmm. just a very obvious like you can see that data and homeschoolers Mm -hmm. they're always doing better Mm -hmm. and then like you're saying, the social and emotional aspect of it, mm-hmm. the bullying. Mm-hmm. Right. And thing. and when we talk about social aspect, um, y- you know, a lot of times people who say, well, don't you want uh, the, don't you want your kids to be socialized? Now, that is a really loaded question. If people do ask you that, you have to say, what is your definition of socialize? Because right. a inner city gang socializes their gang members to the ethos of the gang, right? They know how to function (laughs) in that society. If you're saying, you know, I want my child to be emotionally healthy and know how to relate on an authentic and um, intimate emotional level with other people, the family is a beautiful place. If you're saying, I want them to know how to fight in the jungle and survive and be able to crush their opposition... (laughs) You know, or know how to navigate the politics of the mean girls and the performance-based worth culture. Okay, there you go. Yeah. They, they Traditional can, school. Right. Well, they, they can do that. Now, I'm not saying that good people can't come out of that situation, but we're just advocating for the possibility and the legitimacy of homeschool as a viable alternative. I like thinking, because the socialization is a big thing that people always bring up. Yeah, I always throw it at you. Mm -hmm. Don't you want your kids to be socialized? So I always say, well, I'm not so worried about socialization. I'm more worried about my child. Instead of being socialized, I want them to be civilized. And it can be hard to do that in a public school setting. I had a few stats that I thought were interesting for socialization. So basically they say 69% of peer-reviewed studies on success in adulthood. Uh, who is this? What's the source for this? I have the source. I can link it. Okay. So it's including college. Show that adults who are home educated succeed and perform statistically significantly better than those who attend institutional schools. So that's just like a general, mm-hmm. right? And then some of the more specific things are homeschoolers participate in local community service much more frequently than does the general population. Homeschooled adults vote and attend public meetings more frequently than general population. They also go on to succeed at college at an equal or higher rate than the general population. And they have a higher rate of internalizing the values and beliefs of their parents, which I thought was... There you go. So all of those, I think, show these homeschoolers are coming out to be well-informed and functioning citizens. Right. So those are, there's tons of stats 
there's a lot more like my mom was like research showing that this is legitimate. So when I first started homeschooling, it seems very overwhelming, right? right, right. It seems very, very overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I always tell people is there's different methods of homeschooling mm -hmm. and you should try and kind of zero in on what you think works for, is going to work for your family. Mm -hmm. And then kind of from there, you'll experience things and you don't have to stay in this little box. You right. can experience things and see other people and kind of start to make decisions, uh, even more decisions. Some of the basic ones are just going to go over them kind of quickly and then talk about my favorite one, of course. <laughs> they all have good things, pros and cons, right? Well, and one, one other thing too is I think the classic caution is do not try to replicate traditional public school For in sure. your little house. That's the main thing. That's yeah. called school at home, right? right? We're not trying to do public school at home because that's not going to be very fun, <laughs> right? Schools have different things that they have to do, you know? because they have so many kids and you don't have to do that at home mm -mm. so it can be very different you don't need to think of oh if my kid's not sitting at the desk for five hours a day then it's not successful no there's mm -hmm. a reason traditional school has to do that and also the other problem with public schooling at home trying to do that trying to replicate it is it has the highest rate of burnout mm -hmm. because it's just you can't sustain that right and the kids get super bored you know that's kind of something that we would kind of caution against mm -hmm. don't look at your school and try to do it at home mm -hmm. um another method that you'll see a lot is like what is it called unschooling mm -hmm. right and this method i have a friend on instagram who does it named nicole and she has seven kids and they're all they just had they're really cool but when i look at what she's doing it is not an easy way to homeschool if you want to do it correctly you have to like be on top of your kid wants to do this okay we're gonna like go all out and you know you can't just sit around oh my kid's bored now we're gonna watch tv no you have to have like a lot of things for them to do it still takes a lot of work it's just very less child. structured and and child-centered child yeah child-led child-centered mm -hmm. You know, there's advantages and disadvantages to this, mm -hmm. and you can you can look into that. But I've seen it work, and I've also seen it not work as well. So, but, but it's what, something you wanna. What you're saying is, don't look at, at unschooling and say, "Well, that's the easy approach." Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. I think that a lot of people can look at that and say, "Oh, I'm just let my kid do whatever." And it's like to do it correctly, right? You have to be a pretty proactive parent and see what your kid wants and make goals with them. And you know, it's it's a it's a lot of work still. Mm -hmm. And then the classical approach um, is kind of, it's supposed to be kind of what was taught anciently or how, you know, people learned in the Middle Ages. Um, I think a lot of modern classical curriculum is, um, it's not necessarily like that. It's kind of, it's kind of turned into a, like a mix, mm -hmm. but it's got a lot of you know, rhetoric, reasoning, research, that kind of teaches those kind of things. They use a lot of history notebooks. There's also a lot of memorization, like fun, like, you know, um, a lot of focus on that. And Susan Weisbauer has some great books on it. Mm -hmm. And if you want to look into that mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they do, you know, Latin will be important and that kind of thing. Let me say one word about memorization. Uh, memorization gets a bad rap. And also drilling, you know, drilling facts gets a bad rap, especially in public schooling. And the answer is, well, why memorize things? Because you can just Google it, mm -hmm. right? So what's wrong with that? <laughs> what if you're Googling two plus two is four? Yeah. You have to have a critical mass a of internalized yeah. education in order to even know what you don't know. 
Right. And in order to even put things into context, if you have no clue what, you know, what century or even what millennia Columbus did his thing, right. that is going to impact how you view your whole entire world. And so that I really feel like that's a cop out when people say you don't have to memorize stuff because you can just Google it. No, no. You need to right. have a critical mass of education. And it's like it might not be like, OK, you need to know the exact the exact date Mm -hmm. but having that frame of reference right like you're saying is super important and it's like knowing basic you know pretty well-established basic stuff about geography right like you can't just google right you can't google that stuff well in 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 the minute right yeah exactly (laughs) so yeah i i agree i think that you can definitely go too much Mm -hmm. memorizing Mm -hmm. but like you're saying and i do think memorizing is good i think think that's a brain activity that for sure yeah, memorizing sure. is good. It just depends what you want to memorize. Yeah. Then there's Charlotte Mason homeschooling, which is what I do. And I actually think when you when you look it up, you know, people will say, oh, Charlotte Mason is totally separate than classical. It's actually really similar in a lot of ways. I think that she actually took the true classical way of educating and brought it back. Mm-hmm. Because during the Victorian era, it was totally, you know, it was not classical right and so she kind of took that so a lot of her elements are actually classical um so i wouldn't totally separate those out but there are a few big differences Mm -hmm. a lot of the things that charlotte mason likes is she likes shorter lessons so it's not it's like 20 minute lessons Mm -hmm. so your child doesn't get burned out right I really, really like that. That's worked really well for us. We'll just say, okay, we're only doing this for 20 minutes, and then we'll switch to the next thing, switch to the next thing. Um, that might not work as well in high school. I can still see it work. I mean, people, how long can you really, really focus really well? So she kind of is teaches, let's teach kids how to have this habit of super focus mm-hmm. for 20 minutes mm-hmm. rather than blah focus for mm-hmm. an hour and a half or two hours. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really valuable. And then she also teaches no textbooks, you know, Mm -hmm. it's all living books. Living books are books that teach through the story. And they're also very well written. So that's what I love. I love basically learning through great literature and the kids will connect with it so well. And having books that connect to each other, that's part of what the curriculum is. Mm -hmm. So we'll have history books that connect with our natural studies. We'll have literature books that connect with the history time period. And a lot of times, you know, my kids will see these connections. And a lot of times it'll show different views Mm -hmm. of that. And it's really interesting instead of just one view from the textbook writer. Right. What is an example of a living history book? Because I would kind of tend to think of it as a textbook. So yeah, like a living history book. I can link a bunch of them, but the main one that we use right now is Our Island Story. Mm-hmm. And this is written by a historian, a British historian from, she. I think she wrote around like the early 1900s, but she writes it in such a beautiful story format. Mm-hmm. The language is so beautiful, but it's easy for kids to understand. Mm-hmm. And we just do like a chapter a day. And, you know, it would be cool to have just read an excerpt of, the difference from each from a traditional textbook of the Mm -hmm. same teaching the same thing and this and you will just be like oh wow i mean this kid this book Mm -hmm. is going to just draw kids in so much more and my children talk about these stories all the time and 
you know, it just kind of makes history come alive. It's yes. a narrative form yes. rather than fact-based. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the basis of the Charlotte Mason approach mm-hmm. is these living books. Mm-hmm. But then she also, it's super important in the Charlotte Mason method to incorporate what they call the riches, which are like art, picture study, which is like art study, mm-hmm. composer, nature mm-hmm. study. So they spend time outside. She also, you know, promotes latin and you know everyone should learn latin and what was the other thing oh music Mm -hmm. she thinks everyone should learn an instrument Mm -hmm. but also have a lot of outdoor downtime like in the afternoon Mm -hmm. so that's kind of a brief overview there's a lot more you could talk about but that's what i do and it's worked really well Mm -hmm. and then there's a few other unit studies a lot of people do unit studies where it's like everything is b theme Mm -hmm. everything we're learning history of you know every subject has to do with that or it's like you know every subject we're doing is ancient egypt Mm -hmm. and that can be really cool i I used to do it that way yeah yeah and that's like the unit study i am would get burned out doing that Mm -hmm. i like to just have things the same yeah the flow (laughs) i don't like being like oh i have to prep all these things to make it cool like that's not Mm -hmm. my style Mm -hmm. i'm a more i think lazy homeschool mom so but it can be i remember i mean it can be really memorable to Mm -hmm. do that kind of stuff and then there's waldorf and montessori and you guys can look into those waldorf is kind of like the full kind of thinking about the full child the whole time and montessori is kind of more focused on making it's like a younger child mm-hmm. type of method. So you can look into that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that... Well, I know Montessori yeah. does sometimes go up to ninth grade or eighth grade. You oh, know, yeah. You, you know, you can, and I mean, when they have it in like Montessori schools. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I don't know how you do Montessori at home. I have no idea. But uh, you actually have a sister-in-law that would know. Right. Yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah, she's really into it. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So those are kind of some of the different methods. They're, they have some really cool online quizzes you can do and kind of see what works for you. I kind of started classical and then I started reading more about Charlotte Mason and really liking it and kind of leading over to there. So you don't need to feel like you're in a box. Mm-hmm. You can learn as you go. Wait, so there's like online quizzes basically saying what is your homeschool style? Yeah, so you answer ah. questions like, oh, you like this, you ah. like this, like you're into like nature stuff. No, oh, I'm more cool. into like culture. Culture, ah. yeah. And you can do that and it'll help you in kind of what your what your yeah. daily schedule is and that yeah. kind of stuff. Whether so it's structured or flexible. Oh, right. That's really cool. I want that. So you can do that and mm-hmm. So once you get your method, you can start looking for curriculum, and we'll kind of talk about it later on in our podcast. But I want to talk about how to make your homeschool day successful kind of more than curriculum. That's really a worry for people. They're like, how do I actually do this? What does this look like? For sure. So the first thing that I think is important and that Charlotte Mason would say is to make sure your habits Mm -hmm. and the behavior is on track. Yes. So that's as a lot of people say, oh, if you're coming out of public school, you have to de-school. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of that is making sure the habits are there Mm -hmm. before you just jump into homeschooling. Well, let's let's stay there for just a moment. I do think there's some value in that too. Just just decompressing. For sure. Just letting them, I kind of reminds me of a show horse that's been campaigned really hard. Or a racehorse. Yeah. Uh, Right. Always have to have. Right. And they're all right. And, And you're trying to change their 
career. So you have to turn them out to pasture. You let them just do nothing nothing for a little while. How long is that? And does that mean watch TV 24-7? No, it doesn't. In fact, what you're trying to do is reset, you know, the dopamine levels in their brain so that it doesn't take as much to motivate and interest them. So when you decompress, you really want them to relax and not have, you know, huge amounts of stimulation. Hmm, You just kind of let them chill, let them sleep, let them kind of walk around in their pajamas. If they're bored, you're like, oh yeah, let's sit and talk to me or read a book. You just do that for a while until they're kind of like, well, mom, I, I want something. And you're like, oh, I have this thing called Charlotte Mason. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. No, that's awesome. Yeah. In fact, wait, I got to tell you the story though. Okay. This this is so good. So there's a um, there's a school in Massachusetts called the Sudbury School, and it's an actual institution, and it is totally unschooling. It's totally child led and the and but they give lots of resources to the children. And the the really famous story was well that they really understand the decompression from a very standardized approach where the teacher dictates what the schedule is and what the children do. And there was this one kid that had just failed miserably in school and at this time I think the tuition was thirty thousand dollars a year and mm. the family the school just said just let him do what he wants and so for an entire year and a half they said this kid slept on a couch. He just slept on a couch. Now, I don't know what that child was doing in the middle of the night. That's what I would like to look at. But he slept on a couch. And then, and of course, the parents are like, what? We're paying $30,000 to sleep on a couch. But then after a year and a half, that boy lifted up his head and looked around and said, I'm interested. And he actually became a very, very outstanding student. Now, that's, that's an extreme. But, but the principle is good hmm. where that decompression is very important. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so once you've kind of decompressed or if you're starting from scratch, which is more like what I did Mm -hmm, pretty mm -hmm. much just starting from the beginning, Mm -hmm. it's important to have habits with your children that are going to make schooling successful. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest habits is obedience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I know it's not like super popular on Instagram right now to be like, hey, children need to be obedient. Mm -hmm. But I can't imagine doing homeschool with four kids running around and not having that basic obedience there. That's right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it can be the only thing, you know, you can choose one of these habits or a few of these Usually I would focus on one at one. a time mm-hmm. and whatever you think is going to be kind of inhibitor to making school successful. Just focus on the habit before you start school. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's something that like, like what what sort of things would you be looking at like inhibitor habits? So you need to kind it of would be like if, for example, like the obedience thing, mm-hmm. like if it was just they just don't know how to follow directions Mm -hmm. or they aren't following directions. Mm -hmm. So I would say do things that helps them, gave them opportunities to follow directions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would do it in a really low, like it didn't matter to me. Like it's not school. Mm -hmm. Like it would be something like um, unloading the dishwasher. Yeah, unloading the dishwasher Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. like cooking, baking cookies Mm -hmm. or something like that where I would just say, here's the directions and they would follow them and just give them that practice. Mm -hmm. And if they're, you know, preschoolers, it's very, very small. Right. right and as they get older you can do more and more things right i think chores are and tasks are very good barometer so, of yeah. can they follow directions yeah. and will they obey okay. your requests so i think household chores are really good for that um if your child you know if you say okay you need to make your bed let's make your bed and they're like why you're like hmm, okay we need to work on this right or, because it's a hard right in school can be hard yeah sometimes absolutely. When we, and 
Yeah. So that's, yeah, we do a lot of chores at home mm-hmm. and that helps them to just respond, mm-hmm. get that habit of, oh, I just respond positively to mom right. and I obey. Right. And that's what we're going for. And that sets you up also for study of music w- because music is cognitively much more demanding than something like dance or even sports. So, you know, if you don't have that habit of obedience and that habit of being able to do things that, that aren't in necessarily easy, if you don't have that, do not try to develop that with music. All that will do is make them hate the piano or violin. You've got to. That's the only time that they focus. Right. And it's hard. Right. Yeah. And and so so really these habits of obedience and these habits of following through and following directions, very, very important for anything. And it can start out very, very small. Very small. Yeah. yeah. And like the attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like obedience is a little different than attention. Mm-hmm. But attention is super important. Mm-hmm. And like in my reading program, I teach, hey, guess what? It is two minutes. Mm-hmm. You have if you can get your five year old to focus well on these on this book and this phonics lessons for two minutes, mm-hmm. that is all you do the day. Exactly. And that the next day you go two minutes and ten seconds. You know, right. it's just you just develop that habit of attention incrementally. Ex- incrementally mm-hmm. yeah, in- incrementally I can't say that. <laughs> and a little more, a little more, a little more. And it's amazing how that is something that can be developed just like anything else. Sure. It's like a muscle. Attention is like a muscle. The more you practice it and use it, the greater your attention abilities are. So I would start with something that small, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and now my nine-year-old can do, you know, focus on math, you know, solid for 45 minutes Mm -hmm. and listen to our and read history now. You know, she's got this way better attention span. And my Mm -hmm. seven-year-old She's been doing this since she was three alongside of her older sister. And so her attention span is the same as the nine-year-old. So it's pretty amazing to see that develop. develop. So that would be one of the first things I would try and focus on. Those two are really important. Mm -hmm. So then your schedule and routine. So this is a really fun part with homeschool is (laughs) we, you get to figure out what works best for your family. One of the things that has helped our homeschool is to have my husband involved. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of homeschool moms are like, oh, I have to do this all on my By own. Myself. It's like, no, you're, if you have a dad in the home, they can be so helpful. Mm-hmm. And it's actually really cool because my husband sometimes, when he's alone with the kids, he's like, what do I do with them? You know, like, <laughs> I need something to do. We're going, you know, it's boring. <laughs> and I say, you know, here's, and now he knows, like, here's the free read books you can do. Here's this, here's this. And it's just a little more structure for him. Mm-hmm. And he's really, really like that. And he does all the math, which is a huge load off me. Sure. And, you know, we would wake up early before he does work and he gets the math done. Mm-hmm. So that's how we do that. Yeah, they're fresh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the kids do really well and he's able to do that. They get that connection with him and I don't have to do it. So if you can find something to outsource mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. not even outsource, he's in the house, you mm-hmm. know, but something that dad can do can be really helpful. And so figure out how to add that into the schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, he does, he also does read alouds at night. And it can be something as simple as that. Right. And that's part of their books that are in our curriculum. So. And then my, you know, don't, don't forget grandparents. For sure. If you've got grandparents close by, they might want to contribute in some way and develop that relationship with your kids. They might be a really great resource. So my husband does Latin and geography with some grandkids. And then I do piano and math with some grandkids. I mean, it's just don't forget your grand, the grandparents if they're willing. And it gives them actually something to do. Yeah, really. You know, sometimes it's like, what do we do? 
yeah. and go to the park again. Right. Sometimes Watch it's a, yeah, yeah, it's a little different. Um, so with our homeschool, we try to get, you know, if you have toddlers or babies, you know, nap time is the essential. That's when we homeschool. Right. Is during nap time. Right. It's it is pretty difficult to have the babies running around. Right. Um. So that's how our our schedule revolves around the nap time. But in my ideal world, I would do all the school is done by lunchtime, mm-hmm. and then we do music and outdoor and hobbies all afternoon. Mm-hmm. So that's just the basic. And that's right. kind of how Charlotte Mason sets it up. Mm-hmm. She wants the lessons to be done in the morning, and then you have the afternoon to do things you're more interested in. Right. And the way I, I tend to look at it is I personally think the music is more demanding than even math. I really do. That's right. just me. So I like to get the music done first and then head into I the math. I think Charlotte Mason's... Mm-hmm level of music probably wasn't like super intense more, as a more recreational yeah okay. and it was like piano mm-hmm. for a little bit in the afternoon mm-hmm. so yeah we actually do we try to get violin done first thing in the morning mm-hmm. right and then in the afternoon they'll do piano which is like a little bit mm-hmm. less Lower, and right. then outdoor activities or any other hobbies that they like to do yeah. so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and because by the time if you're really trying to do music mm-hmm. late afternoon is like mm, you're getting a little it, tired. It's to me, it reminds me of exercise. If you exercise first thing in the morning, yeah, it's crazy. You can do the rest of your day. But if you don't exercise, for, this is me. If I don't exercise first thing in the morning, it doesn't matter what I do. By seven o'clock at night, I'm like, I can't exercise. Yeah, me <laughs> too. Yes, exactly. So that's that's just a little brief how we do our schedule. And I also incorporate a few like video type of, um, like we have a science curriculum. That just has mini videos Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and we'll take breaks in between kind of the difficult like math and then, oh, guess what? Let's do our fun science video Mm -hmm. and they love it and they'll get a snack and do a science video and it gives all of us a little break. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not like a totally screen free Mm -hmm. during school. I think we and all our Latin, a lot of our Latin lessons are all on video. Our French lessons are on video. That being said, if, you know, they've been doing a decent amount of video screen time for learning I don't let them do a lot of screen time later on. Sure. So sure. that's just kind of how, how we do it. But if that day there was no screen time for school, you know, and they've got all their stuff done, then before mm-hmm. dinner, you know, we can they can do movies. So we're not totally screen free, but we are video game free and iPad free mm-hmm. and phone free. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we run it over here. And it's worked out really well. So, do you have anything else about schedules that you think are important? Well, the nice thing about I do think it, there's some utility in having some kind of ritual, mm. connecting or collecting ritual, the beginning or the end or maybe both. The way I tend to do it is to have that little collecting ritual at the beginning where, you know, we acknowledge everybody and we're in a little more formal situation right now because it's a new homeschooling family that I'm I'm coaching some grandkids but and I I totally expect it to kind of loosen up but those collecting rituals where we all gather and we um, say our poetry and we acknowledge each other and we thank each other and we you know just kind of say this is who we are we don't have a motto do you guys have a motto yeah so yeah the first thing we do whenever we sit down is they grab their basket Mm -hmm. with their stuff that we all do together like like what what is in that yeah so we have our morning menu which Mm -hmm. is they open that up and they've got our 
our motto in there, and we recite the motto every mm-hmm. day. And then we have our hymn, and we sing the hymn every day. We have the poem that we're memorizing. We recite that every day, and we also have our scripture in there that they're memorizing. Mm-hmm. So we recite that every day. Mm-hmm. And then there's also folk song, and mm-hmm. we do that one once a week. We don't mm-hmm. do that every day. And we also have prayer. So we open with prayer, and we do all of those things mm-hmm. right at the beginning. Beautiful. See, that's that collecting yeah. ritual where you... Mm-hmm. And it only takes like five to eight minutes. Right. It's really not that long. Right. But it really feels like, okay, school's starting. Right. And we're in this together. Right. We're connected. And connected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's really, really valuable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the toddlers does it. The preschoolers mm-hmm. are there. You know, everybody can do this. Mm-hmm. And we, we really, really like it. And the kids just know mm-hmm. that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. You just recite this stuff mm-hmm. once a day and... In a couple of weeks, they have all the stuff memorized. Right. It's crazy. It's pretty fun. It doesn't have to feel like, okay, drill this. You're, <laughs> right. You know, you have to memorize this. They don't even think they're memorizing it. <laughs> That's true. And so I really like that method mm-hmm. of memorizing. Mm-hmm. And then we, what we do, we actually have a little ritual at the end where everybody stands by their chair. We all stand and we acknowledge each other and thank each other. And I try to point out one thing that each child has done very well that day That's cool. and review that and say, boy, when that happened, that was that was really a blessing to our family. And, and that way you can underline, put an exclamation mark on all their good stuff. That's cool. That's yeah. really cool. So that's kind of how, yeah, we start school. And then after we do that kind of morning recitation, then we'll go into everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll mm-hmm. start and that'll rotate through. Mm-hmm. I find the kids love to have a schedule they can look at, at least my kids. Now, maybe, you know, maybe your kids have done it long enough that they're like, no, I know everything's going to get done. But yeah, we know this. Yeah, they kind of know the schedule. Yeah. So they're not really super concerned about the schedule. But a lot of kids really like to have that and to Mm -hmm. check it off. My kids, the checking (laughs) off was stressing them out. Mm -hmm. It was just like, okay, let's Mm -hmm. just flow. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So different kids need different things. Sure. So a few resources that we really like with the first book that I ever read that I was like okay this is I'm in a homeschool and I'm liking the Charlotte Mason thing was called For the Children's Sake and it's kind of an old book and some of it might be a little dated I don't really remember but (laughs) um she really lays out how awesome homeschooling and Charlotte Mason is in a beautiful way and I think a ton of homeschool moms over the past 15 years have read this book and it's really inspired them so and they have an audiobook on audio on Audible if you just want to listen to it. Mm-hmm. It's good. And then of course Dash into Learning. Mm-hmm. That is my company. And I think it's the best way to teach your child to read <laughs> ever. And the nice thing about it is you can have it be your full reading curriculum yeah, yeah. if you want. Or you can also take the books I've written and supplement you know if you even if you're in traditional school mm-hmm. or for sure have some other program this can really get your kid going and really motivate them to read and love it because it's phonics based it's and it's in correct yeah it's correct phonics <coughs> and i've divided it into bite-sized chunks mm-hmm. and it's open and go and it's open and go open and go yeah. you don't even have to know uh, just don't even need yeah. To, yeah, it's so it's easy. I wanted something easy, but also beautiful. And they practice through reading the stories. It's not lesson manual, you know, a hundred lessons you have to get through before you ever start reading. Like exactly. so that's not fun. Exactly. So you practice the actual reading through these fun stories, mm-hmm. and there's surprises on each page, and so kids just love trying to get to the next page and learning to read. And there's tons of fun ways to motivate reading. Mm-hmm. 
And we also have handwriting now that goes along with the reading program. And the cool thing is that they support each other. So yes. as they are learning to write, that's all the stuff they're learning in the reading books. Right. So it helps develop the phonics right make some continuity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and of course we have tons of really fun creative ways with the characters to remember how to write it's so cute yeah and we now have cursive has just Mm. come out (laughs) and the cursive is super unique you guys Mm -hmm. it's i mean you just have to see it it's a really unique way to learn cursive Mm -hmm. and we have dash into happy Mm -hmm. and this is our social emotional learning Mm -hmm. program it's very family centered very parent led this is something where the parent can learn right along with the child and you know you really have some skills to strengthen your connection strengthen the um ability to deeply understand each other and um be able to package your concerns in ways that are uh, easy for the other person to hear. That's a big skill set. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's starting in the, uh, s- the series number four is learning how to do that. But yeah, just the basic um, understanding what the somatic symptoms, your body symptoms of any emotional stress is to start putting words to that. Because with children, if they can't talk it out, then they act, act it out, out, right? And so we're trying gently to teach them to talk it out and, though, also turn to their parents for comfort, Mm -hmm. that that is a very, very important skill for children to get. So many of my clients that come to me that are distressed, they don't know how to turn to others seeking comfort because for some reason it wasn't there earlier. So it's a great education for the parents um, right along with the children to say, wow, what little things can I do that will make a difference? Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And I've learned so much from it. And that's that's the cool thing about homeschooling in general is you as a parent can learn things that you had holes in your education. Yes. And this is a really cool example of learning with your kids stuff mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. you know, right. you've never thought about. And it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they're really fun stories. They're reimagined fairy tales. <laughs> and kids just love that. They it love reimagined fairy so tales. Fun. So, and also there's tons of online resources Mm-hmm. for homeschool parents mm-hmm. like if you i mean it's there's just so much out there yeah. now like my mom 20 30 years ago right it was like you're in the dark look <laughs> you know and now there's so much out there right. but i think one of the best things is just if you're wanting to start you just start mm-hmm. and you just kind of start learning mm-hmm. as you go Find more from us at dashintolearning.com for all things educational and learn more about Dash Into Happy, our family-friendly social-emotional learning program. Thanks for being part of Families with Dash. Disclaimer, the information and advice posted on the Dash Into Learning, Dash Into Happy, and Into Happy sites and podcasts is for educational purposes only and is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional, medical, legal, or other professional assistance. Call your medical or mental health professional or 911 for all emergencies. Joan Landis, Amelia Murdoch are not liable for any advice or information provided on the account Dash Into Happy, Dash Into Learning, Families with Dash, or Into Happy.